Well, this morning for our scripture reading, I'm going to invite you to stand as uh, Scrappy and Rascal gave us this very sacred text, one of those places where the curtain is pulled back and we see what goes on in the spiritual realm from Isaiah chapter 6. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim. Each had six wings. With two, he covered his face. With two, he covered his feet. And with two, he flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the thresholds shook at the voice of him who called. And the house was filled with smoke. And I said, woe is me, I'm lost. I'm a man of unclean lips and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. And then one of the seraphim flew to me having his hand a burning coal that he had taken with tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth and he said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin is atoned for. And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? And then I said, here I am. Send me. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Uh, it's been a joy to uh, have Chris down the hallway from uh, my interim office in the church facility. And Chris and I have, have had some wonderful ad hoc conversations uh, throughout this past year. And so I'm thrilled, Chris, that you're here to present the word to us. God bless you. So, um, good morning. Um, I know it's been said many times, but it's good to be with you in person. And of course, for those of you joining us online. Um, Pastor Paul mentioned I was down the hall, so I work for Young Life. I work for Young Life Capernaum. Young Life Capernaum is ministry to kids with disabilities. Uh, so we run weekly clubs, do camps, do the whole thing. Um, I know many of you are familiar with Young Life. Um, so I get the privilege to work for Young Life, work with families and kids. Um, today we're continuing in the sermon series of finding our story in God's story, as, we're, as was read uh, from Isaiah. A little bit more about me. Um, my name is Christopher, Christopher Thomason, and my wife and I have been attending the church here for about seven years now. Um, through those seven years, I have worked for Young Life during that time. I'm also um, a new father of a 20-month-old, which brings many, many joys for us during this time, of course. Lots of energy uh, in our home. Uh, so one, th one of the things we do in Young Life, uh, we, among many of the cool things that we do, is we take kids to camp. Um, if, if you've heard anything about Young Life's camps, um, they are 
the camps you want to go to. Um, they're the top of the uh, cream of the crop camps. Uh, there's a camp down in Oregon. You come down after dri driving through the desert for what seems like forever. And then it just opens up into this green grass oasis, uh, this beautiful camp property uh, that people have taken care of and prepared for these students. Well, early in the camp week, uh, kids have the opportunity to go on the ropes course. And these ropes course, uh, depending on the camp, sit maybe 60 to 80 feet above the ground, okay? And so before they even go on the ropes course, they have to make the decision am I going to get on that thing? Okay. Once you're up there, there's only one way. You, you start and then you have to finish. And at the finish, you come looking down 60 to 80 feet and you think, how am I going to get down from here? Well, there's a volunteer at the bottom who's uh, someone you've never met before uh, on belay. They have you, you're roped up, you're in your harness and you have to make the choice Am I going to jump? Am I going to, this is the only way down at this point, so I have to take a leap. You know, uh, having been at camp many years and seeing kids, I see kids who choose to jump. I see kids who turn around uh, and go back. Um, no matter what the choice is, their lives are changed. So we're in the book of Isaiah today. Um, in the book of Isaiah, we see themes of God's sovereignty, his holiness, his grace. The passage today calls many of those themes out. Priest and author uh, Nikki Gumbel, who uh, does the Alpha Course, he describes Israel in this time as a nation rife with injustice. To give some context, as Scrappy did, Isaiah 5, the chapter before, it said, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness before light and light before darkness. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes. Again, this is a nation who, uh, that's filled with injustice, things they're not following the Lord. And then we get to Isaiah 6 and this vision that Isaiah has from God. Um, as Scrappy mentioned, King Uzziah is now dead. And after having reigned for 40 years, so these were definitely uncertain times, a time of disorientation for this people. Does this sound familiar? We're in a time of disorientation um, leaving the election out of it and the incumbent president, we're in a pandemic. <laughs> things are different. We have to do things differently. We're in a time of disorientation. Maybe that's uh, meant something different for even you in your home. Disorientation looks different for each of us. So how does Isaiah find his story in the midst of God's story during this time of disorientation for him? How do we, how do I find my story in the midst of God's story each day? Asked another way, what is my daily call to enter into God's story? How do I or we wake up every day and say, here I am, Lord, send me?
As we look at this passage, I think there are three things that the Lord has for us today. Number one, being that God is on the throne. Number two, surrender. And number three, grace leads to courage. So we're going to dive into each of these. Let's be abundantly clear. This passage makes it very clear. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up. God is on the throne. We don't have to be uh, ambivalent about this. God is on the throne. Today, in our time of disorientation, God is on the throne. Isaiah says, I saw the Lord sitting on the throne. His robe fills the temple. The seraphim declare that the whole earth is full of God's glory. The foundations shake. We are given a vision or picture of the overwhelming truth that God is on the throne. You might be thinking, I I know God is on the throne. But a question I have to ask myself is, 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 how am I doing? Am I acting? Am I waking up every day with the profound knowledge that God is on the throne? Am I living my daily life as God is on, or am I anxious about who is in charge of my life? Who is in charge during this time of disorientation? And then we move further in the passage uh, to verse 5. Isaiah says, Woe is me! The message translation here says, For I am a ruined man. Woe is me, for I am a ruined man. I am a man of unclean lips. I live among people of unclean lips. Remember, just the chapter before, we hear that people are trading good for evil and light for darkness. Isaiah is humbled by the presence of the Lord. For me, it brings to mind a posture of complete surrender. Again, Nikki Gumbel says this. He says, the closer you are to the light, the more it reveals your sin. The seraphim, and we see in this passage, are covering their feet. We get visions of Moses who taking off his sandals because he is on holy ground. God is so other, so holy, that I, Isaiah, says, Woe is me, I am ruined in your presence. The seraphim say, Holy, holy, holy. You know, this word holy here means set apart. Again, God is holy other than us. He can't be in the presence of sin. Holy, holy, holy. Isaiah is compelled to recognize his unworthiness. You know, it's, in my experience, it's pretty hard to find your story in God's story if you're unwilling to surrender. I want to say that again. It's pretty hard to find your story in God's story if you're unwilling 
to surrender. Um, an accompanying passage to this one, uh, Luke 5. It's not going to be up on the board, but I want to mention it. Most of us know this story. The disciples have been out fishing all night long, and Jesus comes along. Simon Peter's in the boat. They're all in the boat, and he says, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. We haven't caught anything. Well, of course, Jesus says, throw your nets on the other side. And this is what Simon Peter says. He says, even though we've been working all night, even though we're experienced fishermen, we've done this as our life's work, because you said so, Jesus, because you say so, I will let down my nets. Of course, the story goes on. The disciples catch so many fish that they struggled. Other boats come to help. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and says, I am a sinful man. Similar to Isaiah, Simon Peter recognizes his place and fully surrenders. You know, a couple weeks ago, uh, Pastor John, our new pastor, uh, had us hold out our hands in this idea of physical surrender. Man, when I think of being in the presence of the Lord, when Simon Peter says, when, si uh, when Simon Peter falls at Jesus' knees and says, I am a sinful man, I just picture this posture of, God, I need you. Full surrender. Isaiah, woe is me, for I am ruined. Full surrender. Do I wake up each day in full surrender to the Lord? Is my posture one of humility? Am I willing to let down my nets because God said so? Am I willing to let go of my nets because God said so? Or do I believe that the day is mine? I've been doing this thing for a while. I can handle it. I'm experienced. Total surrender. Moving into our last point, grace leads to courage. Verses 7 and 8 it was read, Behold, uh, Seraphim come to Isaiah. They take a coal from the altar. And he says, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away. Your sin is atoned for. God covers our sins. God provides a way for us to approach him. Only through Jesus' blood shed on the cross do we have the opportunity to approach him. At that moment, Isaiah is profoundly aware 
that God has him covered, that God is on the throne. Holy, holy, holy. In Psalm 130, David, talking about God, says, If you, God, kept records on wrongdoings, who would stand a chance? As it turns out, forgiveness is your habit. It's a message translation. Forgiveness is your habit. God makes it a habit to forgive us. And he says, and that is why you're worshipped. God's grace gives us the courage to step forth and surrender. I remember very clearly uh, when I was 12 years old, uh, I received a call to serve the Lord. I grew up in the church, um, so I probably said a prayer at around four years old. But when I was 12, uh, after lots of disorientation in my life, I went to a youth retreat with my friends, and I remember there being an altar call. And just a quick backstory, uh, my dad had left our home, been removed from our home when I was about 10 years old, and I had started to emulate some of his behavior. Uh, he was an angry guy, and I was an angry kid. I remember getting in constant fights with my brother and my sisters because I had so much angst and disorientation inside of me. I came forward on this altar call, and it felt as though somebody was physically embracing me. No joke. I was sitting there, and I felt as though God had me in his arms. In that moment, I was profoundly aware that God was on the throne and that he had me covered. I was aware that God loved me, that he forgave me, and that I was his. With this knowledge, I, I very clearly remember I was presented with this option from the Lord, the Holy Spirit. Uh, Chris, you can continue to be angry for the rest of your life. Or you can choose me because I knew God was on the throne, because I felt embraced by him, I chose to surrender, and I had the courage, because of God's grace, to follow him. Only after knowing God has him covered does Isaiah have the courage to say, Here I am, Lord. Send me. Remember, again, at this point, the nation is filled with injustice. Courage to step into these injustices, into this disorientation, and speak and act on behalf of the Lord comes after knowing God is on the throne and God extends us his grace. Experiencing God's grace compels us to be courageous. 
Do I wake up each day knowing God has me covered? Do I live each day with the courage, with courage because I know that God extends his grace to me? You know, uh, returning to the story I mentioned at the beginning, these kids come to this moment, uh, maybe considered a threshold moment. Am I going to step through the doorway or am I going to stay where I am? You know, they look behind them. They have their friends coming as well through the ropes course. They're standing there. I've had the privilege of being at the end of that, sitting on the platform, helping these kids make the decision to take the leap, to trust the guy or gal on the ground who is on belay with them, again, who they've never met before. I was with a group who was at the very end, so we had some buffer time. It was the last group to go through, and I'll tell you, I sat there with a female for three hours on this platform. We thought we'd give her the leeway. We had no other groups coming, and she couldn't make the decision whether or not to jump off the platform safely, right? She's in a harness. There's a guy or gal. I encourage you, don't wait three hours don't wait three hours. God is on the throne. Holy, holy, holy. Surrender each morning. Allow yourself to be a part of God's story. It's pretty hard to be a part of God's story if I am unwilling to surrender. God's grace gives us courage. My daily call to enter into God's story is to wake up each day and say, here I am, Lord. Send me. I encourage you to live into the profound reality that God is on the throne. Humble yourself before the Lord in surrender. Don't wait three hours to take the leap. Be courageous because God has you covered. Love to pray for us. God, thank you uh, for this passage today. Thank you that you are sovereign. Thank you that you are holy, holy, holy. May I live into this knowledge, and have the courage to enter your story. Amen.